Birds with Friends is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. And what makes GameTime so great is how easy it is. It is a simple two-tap checkout, and that is all you need to do. So hit up your game time. Makes things very, very easy. I'm a last minute guy. I like to procrastinate. Game time is the app for me. The game time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the game time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. to your mother it's time for another episode of birds with friends just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the eagles eating teams like bacon steaks and cheese it's philadelphia bow and shield in the cut kicking it cooler than two penguins still bows old arch nemesis greg cosell shows up and it gets real pull up a branch and chill it's time to get ill with some birds with friends the early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends bow wolf and are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings You can't live up to expectations no. So just do your best <laughs> That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors <laughs> Just go with what you saw today okay, yeah. Change your opinion daily Yeah, I'm all about that for You'll sure. be wrong often, yeah. but then you can just point back to when you were right No yeah. one will remember, no That's one's true. listening Welcome to Tuesday Night Podcast I'm Bo Lessesmore Joined by Zach Berman and nobody else worth mentioning. Hello, Bo. Oh, oh, Sheil, how are you? Good, how are you? What, what's your name? You, you just said you, my name. Do you do work that people can read anywhere? Yeah, I mean, you you would have to uh, you would have to know where it came from and uh, attribute it properly. But you know, you I thought you did a good job saying my name there, so we're good. Okay, that's good. Why don't we uh, Why don't we roll that clip? And he'll be about a yard and a half short of that line to make. And because they got so many yards, don't be surprised if Baltimore goes for this. Well, that that is their mo. That is exactly how Harbaugh rolls with the analytics. You know, he hired a 25 year old analyst in the booth named Daniel Stern. He goes through all the analytics with them, and they go for it on fourth down all the time, especially fourth and short under two. They're 10 of 14 on the season. I mean, they gave up so many yards on third down. Now the Ravens are going for it. It's just a simple quarterback sweep here. And when you have this guy, why not? Because the probabilities go up. So Daniel Stern, the analyst who's side-by-side side with Harbaugh, he's up in the booth, but he, he works with him. This is a guy who graduated from Yale with a degree in behavioral economics, and he gives Harbaugh the expected points added every time, the win probability increasing. And this is when it typically happens, fourth and short. Matt Skura down, we'll take an injury timeout. <laughs> Do you think if Matt Skura didn't go down, then maybe he would have said the name? No, because they came back to it later uh, later in the game, and oh, I, thought, I thought maybe there would be a correction, but there's not. But hey, thank you for subscribing. Uh, very nice. You know, just... Maybe maybe he did the reporting on his own. I don't know. Well, maybe that seems that unlikely. was all Bo's idea, by the way. I didn't put him <laughs> up to it. Although <laughs> I liked Bo Lesses more, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Were you? I mean, I know your mentions were going crazy last night. Uh, and for anybody I, who doesn't know, this is uh, Shield wrote that uh, good, really wonderful story on uh, on Daniel Stern and John Harbaugh uh, on Friday. I told you it was going to get talked about on Monday. I didn't think that they were going to stiff you though. Yeah, I do blame you because really this wasn't in my head at all. And then Friday you said, ah, you know, I think that's definitely going to be mentioned during the broadcast. And as we know, Joe Buck likes to mention Zach during every broadcast. <laughs> no one ever mentions me. You know, this was my one opportunity. Yeah, I've never been mentioned. Was, was performing well and uh, it didn't happen. So so uh, that's okay. Just, you know, if, if he did the reporting on his own, great. If not, next time, you know, mention The Athletic. We were running a business here. We're trying to get right. some subs. A little, I know you. I know uh, somewhere you were you were flipping a little bird at somebody. Yeah, the the nugget with expected win value there, <laughs> expected win probability, that is what set it over the top because yes. that came directly from the story. You know, if if he was just looking at like media guides and and you see Stern and and you kind of put it together, that's one thing. But to to take that, you know, to mention 
that specific line from the story, uh, that would rankle me as well. There's this lovely story of John Harbaugh visiting his daughter in college and some guy coming up to him and telling him about some thesis he's been working on. And uh, that's a great way to look at John Harbaugh as an open-minded guy. All right, let's move on. I was expecting, though, when I watched the replay of the Eagles game, when Marcus Epps was in there, for that, for like Charles Davis to say, I was reading this story in my clip packet on Marcus Epps talking about Omar Epps. You well, know, I was I expecting I, that drop. I don't think the numbers on that one have uh, have been good enough for, for it to come across Charles Davis's uh, clip package. Okay, this is Birds with Friends. We will talk about the Eagles now. Um, we will have our bird on the street to talk about what we saw and heard at the Novacare Complex today uh, on uh, Tuesday. We will have Shields Squall 22 on the putrid Eagles offense, and then we will answer your questions in getting a bird in edgewise. So, Zach, why don't you set the scene with uh, the day that was at the Novacare Complex? Sure. So the coordinator spoke, and then there was an open locker room. Uh, the The biggest story to come out of Novacare today uh, was Brandon Brooks speaking for the first time outside of his statement on social media uh, about the anxiety condition that caused him to admit to leave Sunday's game. Uh, Bo, I, it wasn't just me in there. You were in there as, as well. Do you kind of want to fill in on, on some of your takeaways? Sure. Um, I mean, I think that this was uh, – it, it was a very memorable moment, I thought. Uh, this was – you know, Brandon Brooks came in there. It was a, a, an empty locker room. So there was like – there was nobody in there. And Brandon Brooks took it uh, upon himself to come in and he sat in front of his of his locker or stood in front of his locker and he talked for 20 minutes about, uh, you know, every every question there was about uh, what his day was like on Sunday, why it is that he is so open uh, about his condition um, and, you know, what it has been like to get the support of his teammates and hear from people around the league and, and around the world uh, who identify with uh, with his condition and who are appreciative of uh, him being so open. Um, and it, you know, it does, it is striking always the, uh, the dichotomy between like the, the football guy macho culture that we make fun of. And, you know, this guy who is so open about, uh, mental health and his feelings and, and all these different things. Uh, and it's just, you know, it reinforces that he is a, uh, is a guy to, uh, root for, which is, which is sort of obvious. Um, and I don't know, I, you know, it was sort of, a you know, I don't want to. I don't want to say. I don't want to overstate like the the courage that it took. But it was. Uh, I was. I was sort of taken aback with with uh, his sort of grace under fire. Yeah, I think. I think that's a good description for it. And, and courage is an apt word uh, because to to show your vulnerabilities. Uh, yeah, it's it's that's not something that is is common even in private settings. But but to do it in such a public setting. And and such a public forum uh, that you know, I, I agree it, it's it's commendable, and I I was there in 2016 when he first revealed it when he first announced it and, and that was I've spoken to Brandon about this there was a a well done piece um, that uh, the NFL Network did uh, recently uh, on on Brandon Brooks nice and, attribution or, there yeah Zach. it was NFL films I I, I paused because okay. I didn't know if it was NFL films NFL Network <laughs> NFL Network I, I believe um, but uh, but that that Brandon remembers that day vividly because it was it, it was like a before and after in his life once once he put that out there he didn't know how it was going to be received in the locker room in public and uh, and she obviously did a a very good story on that in 2017 as mm, well. I was hoping you were uh, going to reference that story, but not mention his name. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's uh, it, it was interesting to hear Brandon today, kind of compared to how it was then, because look, the same thing happened here. It, it was about with anxiety that he couldn't control, uh, and he's he made very clear that it's not something he's ashamed. Uh, he's not ashamed of. It's not something that he's embarrassed by. He's not obviously. He's not like proud of it. He wants to fix it, but um, but or he, I, I shouldn't use the term fix. He he wants to kind of find ways to manage it, but uh, but he's he's really open with it. And the difference now between then is I think he realizes the power 
of what he's saying uh, because then he didn't know how it was going to be received. And, and now he really knows that it, it, it resonates uh, with so many people. And as he mentioned today, and, and Bo and I are, are writing about this, uh, not just people in, in public, but uh, football players and athletes as, as, as well have reached out to him about this. Yeah, we will have more on on the athletic uh, tomorrow morning, so you can read that. But the, but the other thing, the other sort of contrast from 2016 to 2019 is that you know he talked in 2017 about uh, the you know the support for him was not unanimous in the locker room mm-hmm. at that time, um, and uh, since then you know guys on the team have have one sort of seen his uh, dedication to the team, his level of play, just what kind of guy he is in general. Um, and they they have seen him sort of dealing with this on a day-to-day basis. And I think uh, he would say that the support this time around was much more, uh, much more unanimous. And uh, the other thing is this was the first time where, as he described, you know, guys have seen him dealing with it uh, on the game day. Like, you know, in between, he played two drives on Sunday and in between drives, he was throwing up on the sideline. And, uh, you know, Brandon Graham was talking about uh, seeing that and seeing how how much he's willing to go through to be there for his teammates uh, was sort of an eye opening eye opening experience for some guys. So um, we'll, we'll have a little bit more about that. But uh, it is it is uh, it, it's clear that um, I think I think the Eagles deserve a little bit of credit for uh, dealing with this in probably a more progressive way than a lot of more retrograde football teams probably would yeah that's 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 fair that's that's credit i would give them and it is you know it it, you said it well it's a different locker room different situation than 2016 the big part too is is people know him you know he was he was so new then uh and it was really was a team in transition uh so it was a lot of guys who 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 did not know him and and did not know the context of the situation they just knew that this high-priced guard kind of had had this mysterious illness in in two of three games. Uh, we should add, without giving away the whole story, but that um, that part of what caused it to become an episode that he couldn't control this past weekend was the contract that he signed two weeks ago. Uh, he's put a lot of pressure on himself, and it was interesting the way he phrased it. He, he said that. He's having these conversations with himself after he signed it, like, like you're good, you earned this contract, so on and so forth. But by by this constant reassurance that he gave himself, it lingered in his mind. It was like it became this part of his consciousness that couldn't escape because he had to keep reinforcing it. So, well, he was I, yeah, he was I, aware he was aware of the fact that the last uh, sort of flare up came on the heels of him also having uh, exactly. a big. Uh, contract extension or, or signing a big contract. And so he was reminding him, he was aware of that and trying to ward it off. And by sort of speaking it um, into being, it became something. And then the other, the other thing he said was it was sort of the combination of the contract. And then his first game after the contract was that game against the Patriots when he did not play uh, to his level. And uh, so that, that sort of, uh, it seemed as he described to, to sort of snowball that the first game after the contract was probably his worst game of the season. Sure. Well, uh, I think so it was well, now, yeah, no, I, I was oh, just yeah. going to say, I mean, I think it's well said that this is something, this is not something where all of a sudden he's going to, you know, come in on Wednesday and he's fine and he's good. And he's been very open about that from the first time I talked to him in 2017. And before then, Zach, as you mentioned that this is just kind of something this is a part of his life this is something that yeah he's going to have to deal with and he's going to have to find different ways to manage it and he's you know there there are obviously several different uh methods to do that but uh yeah i mean how can you um you know have, have anything but respect for the guy the way he comes out confronts it head on and i do think it's such a big deal to be able to talk about it openly when you look at sort of, you know, just the media channels, whether it's all the reporters or the Eagles official account or, you know, just videos being posted on social media that that kind of how, how he's talking about it will certainly reach people who may be going through the similar things or know someone who's going through uh, similar things. And, uh, you know, he, he just feels like somebody who's going to have a much, uh, you know, a big impact on people whenever he retires, whenever he's not playing guard uh, anymore. So, 
That's all. all. Right. There you go. Uh, anything well, else so from outside the outside of that? Yeah, I was I was just gonna say uh, the rest of the day kind of paled compared to that, and in, in terms of the gravity of the discussion. But the coordinator spoke. Uh, Jim Schwartz uh, was basically saying every game's different, every situation's different. Um, he had a funny uh, exchange, I, I thought, when he was asked about the um, the celebration after the the fumble recovery when the Eagles were down two touchdowns. And I guess there's been some outrage that the Eagles celebrated as they did. I'm, I'm not one who would be outraged by that, but uh, I, I suppose people are. And Schwartz said he's he's the biggest get off off my lawn guy there is, you know, uh, <laughs> but, you know, he his idea of of like uh, of swag, as, as he said, was. Uh, Johnny Unitas with the crew cut and, and the black shoes. Um, but uh, he said he'd much rather be the headline that his, his team's like celebrating too much than his team lacks uh, the, as we would say, juice. But, you know, as, as, as he would say, kind of the intensity that it takes to be out there. And I, I thought that was a good answer for it. Um, and then outside of that, in, in terms of the way the defense is playing, he he didn't really attribute it to one thing. Uh, said they're rushing better, they're covering better, all 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 those all those those necessary storylines. The offensive coordinator Mike Rowe, uh, they're going to keep practicing hard. It's not just one player, it's not just one position group. Um, you know they they all have a part in this. So uh, that 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 kind of that that's the talking point there. Cravon LeBlanc, uh, the window was exercised for him. To come off, to or it was open for him to be to come off IR. He's going to begin practicing this week. My guess is he plays Sunday. We'll see. Uh, but that was a topic in the locker room as well. I think Schwartz is downplaying his swag a little bit. We've seen him after games or on road trips. I mean, he, he's he's wearing very uh, expensive suits and his uh, oh, yes. you know his bags and his suitcases and stuff. So maybe as a player, uh, he was that way. I'm generally pro, always pro celebration. I can actually understand some of the get off my lawn in this situation when you're losing by two touchdowns and you've underachieved. It wasn't even season. that they were losing. It was that they like they did nothing on that play. It, like, they yes, just, you pointed that out. That was right. The, the, the <laughs> <Yes>. exchange. <laughs> like, yeah, all they did. Was, yeah, they picked funny. up the ball. Yeah. Uh, so I don't I actually don't have an issue if people are like, you know, give me a break with that. And then I don't have an issue if they say, listen, we, uh, you know, only get to play so many games. We're only promised so many snaps when something good happens. We're going to uh, we're going to enjoy it. All right. Uh, Zach, do you think Craven LeBlanc plays this week? I do. I oh, could really? be wrong. Yeah, I, I, I could be wrong. I, I don't know that for a fact. And in talking to him today, he he certainly made it sound like you know they're they're gonna make sure he's a hundred percent, so to speak. Uh, but I think I don't know what the, what's what's the need for him this week. Well, you you got to get him back at some point. You know, you have five games left this year. Uh, I mean, maybe you try to get him a few snaps. You try to get in, him in on special teams. Um, the by releasing Jordan Matthews when they did, I, I I think part of that was to open a roster spot. And unless there is an injury situation this week that requires them to do something else, uh, my guess is is Cravon's the guy they're 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 eyeing for that roster spot. It would be funny if they just release him on a Monday and then don't fill the spot. That's somewhat informed speculation. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. I don't think there was anything else, uh, anything else worth, worth discussing from today. Why don't we get to, uh, why don't we get to your thoughts on watching the um, eye bleeding offense, Mr. Capadia? Okay. Well, my, my take for this was I wanted to, you, you know, it's sort of, it's been an interesting week. I think after the game, uh, you know, we talked about it in the post-game pod. I think uh, the the first point of criticism was Carson Wentz for us, and, and this is beyond the hey, the you know the roster issues and state of the wide receiver position. I mean, we've been over all that, but in terms of looking at that specific game, we thought that that might be Wentz's worst game of his career. And then the week goes on, and uh, you know Dan Orlovsky, which you guys uh, talked about in your beat uh, back and forth on the Athletic, posted a really Look good at you video. Reading the articles. 
Yeah, I made sure, like, I spent the last 40 minutes here. You know, I could have been watching the defensive film, but I didn't want to get yelled at again. So I, I read it all. To, did you listen to the Squall Decade podcast? That I have not, but I do plan I on listening to that. I figured you wouldn't. I think that what's one will drive me nuts. What's that supposed to mean? Okay. I listen to every podcast I'm not on. Okay. Yeah. Every single one? I mean, Birds with Friends podcast, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I, gotta make I listen sure. to the ones I'm on. Well then, let me let me. I can I can then run through my questions for you, Sheila. What's your favorite? Uh, what was your best meal of the decade? Okay, I'll I'll move on here too. By the way, I, so Sheila, yeah, Sheila. So uh, we'll <laughs> circle back to this at at the end of the podcast. But I'll I was, be the judge of that. <laughs> I, I was very disappointed with my podcast performance on 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 Monday in the squall, uh, in the squall decade one or all all, all decade one, uh, and. I was I was telling Bo today that I have more respect now or more empathy now for players who I interview like when they're fresh off the practice field or they have something else on their mind and I'm trying to ask them something that has nothing to do with like anything they prepare to talk about um, because like I I said to Bo before the podcast like is, is is there anything i should prepare is there anything i should know and he's like no we'll, we'll just talk about the decade and then and, and then we're on it and he's like he's like what's the best meal you had what's the best movie you watched what's the best and was just asking all these questions well, i didn't know I'm, that that's where the conversation was gonna go no, but i was like so focused on that time on this on the eagles decade and like had uh i i was still kind of debriefing the game from the day before we were fresh off of Doug's press conference. And I didn't have any cogent thoughts on any of this stuff. And so I come off like a babbling idiot sometimes. And I'm like, ah, my favorite meal. That's a good question. Let me think about this Cowboy one. You know, whereas like if, if he just said five minutes before, by the way, just think about like your favorite <laughs> book. Think about your favorite movie of this past decade. It would be it'd be so much more succinct. Yeah, and but I didn't know that. The, the, I didn't, the answers we're free flowing, baby. Yeah, but so I I was making a joke that that there have been times when it's like off the practice field when I've gone up to a player and I've I've said I want to talk to you about you know like your relationship with so and so, and they're just like uh, I can't right now you know and it's I realize they're they're not being rude they're just not in that headspace at that at that moment. Yeah, I mean it's maybe you come off the practice field and then someone wants to quiz you on Omar Epps movies. Welcome to my life. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there, that, that could be uh, an, an apt uh, apt comparison as well. So Now, Zach, was, you did, before we get to, you did say that you were you were coming prepared with like your top three list for all those different things for this episode. Yeah, but we can do that at the end of the pod. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, we should go over Eagle stuff first. Okay. Well, so I was looking at, uh, you know, as I was mentioning, so then the conversation moved. Dan Orlovsky posted a good uh, video pointing out all the errors that the Eagles wide receivers made in this game where it might look like a terrible Carson Wentz throw, but actually the receivers aren't where they're supposed to be. And so you kind of, you know, you look at it and you say, well, who should we blame? So uh, what I did was I was just looking at the different drives, the different plays. I was sending uh, about 45 texts to Coach Flynn today if I had a uh, question about something or to to confirm or uh, dispute my opinion. And so I went through it. And I don't know what the easiest way is to do this, but you know, there's so much blame to be spread around. Like, I, I don't think that Dan Orlovsky video absolves Carson Wentz from blame. You know what I mean? It, it's not, right. oh, but, you know, he stunk. But look at look at his video. The wide receiver well, didn't. And, and Doug Peterson said something uh, sort of flimsy on Monday, which was, uh, aside from the turnovers, it wasn't all that bad from from speaking specifically of Carson Wentz. And. You know, you can't you can't just brush the turnovers aside. I mean, he had he had four turnovers, including two really ugly, ugly interceptions. So uh, even even if the other stuff wasn't that bad, which you can tell me whether that's true or not, it was still really bad. Yeah, I think one thing in in the thought that might have been in his head was, which I didn't realize during the game, was after halftime they had one, two, three, uh, four straight drives where they drove into Seahawks territory at least. So. You know, maybe that's what he's looking at. He said, all right, we kind of uh, got close to being able to kick, which is, you know, certainly the, their goal for uh, for every possession there. But I, I was looking at it, and there was the one drive. I think it was their first one coming out of halftime. And so I'm, I'm watching the film, and okay, oh, they picked up a first down there. They picked up a first down there. And then I look, what yard line are they on? They're at their own 42. It, they started the drive at their own 15, 
and it took them seven plays to get <laughs> to their own 42. Yeah, it's so crazy. that's just kind of the, the state of the offense. But why don't I just go here drive by drive really quickly of what I noticed. So the first drive, you know, you have the third down throw to Zach Ertz over the middle. I mean, that's just a bad throw. That's the throw he should be able to make. There was some pressure. It's not like he was getting, uh, you know, totally demolished as he threw the football. Uh, you, you know, Ertz had separation. That's a throw that Wentz should make. So that's an incompletion on third down. That leads to a punt. Uh, drive number two uh, certainly was one of the plays that Orlovsky pointed out with one of their uh, one of their misses. I think it was to Ortega Whiteside that's on slant. the slant down there in the red zone where he's not supposed to drift and let the uh, defensive back get his hand in there. So, uh, you know, you, I, I probably blame that on coaching. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, maybe... that's fine, but it's also like a three-yard slant from the nine-yard line. Like, yeah, what are, we, what are we really talking about there? Right, that wasn't the most impactful play of the game. Right. Yeah, and then third down, I mean, that throw to Miles Sanders in the flat is just... Yeah. Like, that's a brutal throw. I mean, that is one where, Bo, if an opposing quarterback made that, you would be giving a loud laugh if Josh Allen did that. Probably uh, castigated it, by some national reporter. Maybe. Uh, in Buffalo. So <laughs> so that's two drives, two third downs, and he, you know, the quarterback made bad plays on each of those. Uh, drive number three, I mean, I really thought that, that this fumble was just like a great sort of, you know, microcosm of their entire offensive year. I mean, Ortega Whiteside's coming in motion. Andre Dillard's getting pushed back. Ortega Whiteside falls down. You look at the receivers in their <laughs> routes. Nobody's open. Carson Wentz holds the ball in the pocket forever. He doesn't protect it. He gets punched out from behind. I mean, you can just blame everybody on that play. I think it starts with, with Dillard, certainly. That kind of ruined the entire play. But even if Wentz was protected, there was nowhere to go with the football on that play. And he would have had to take off and scramble. And he's got to protect the ball better there. I mean, that wasn't like a two-second sack. You know, I, I haven't looked at the numbers, but that's a four- or five second sack. So, I mean, that's drive number three, <laughs> how it ends. Um, you know, drive number four was was the interception to Goddard, and Isaac Sayamalu just got, you know, smoked on that play by, by Puna Ford. And so Wentz is getting crushed. The th- I didn't think it was a terrible throw. You know, it wasn't a good throw, uh, and it gets intercepted. The defensive back, you know, was a little grabby there with Goddard down the seam, and so that uh, that ends up being an interception. So that goes back to the offensive line underachieving, which, Bo, you wrote about in the day after, if you forgot. I did. You're familiar with that, right? Yes, thank you. Okay. Uh, there was another play, you know, even on that same drive. Where I appreciate Dillard, your reading. Yeah, so there was there was another play on that drive where Dillard and Vitae got beat badly on a stunt. Zach Ertz ran a great route. You know, he would have been open for a 15- to 20-yard game gain, but uh, Wentz could not get him the ball there. So, I mean, those are four drives we just mentioned, uh, you know, there are certainly other plays in the game where they had issues. Let, let me see here. Anything else? Uh, that third and three call, I don't think we crushed that enough in the post-game okay. pod. Uh, it was crazy. You know, that It was crazy on so many levels. So it's third and three. Uh, you're driving. The game is still within reach. You're at the opponent's 38-yard line. It's four-down territory. It's four-down territory. So you're running a sprint draw, as Zach mentioned. You know, where Miles Sanders is getting the football there is six yards behind the line of scrimmage. All right, that's issue number one. You're definitely overthinking there. You're trying to trick the defense, all that. Number two, at that point in the game, you've got Matt Pryor in at right guard. You've got Vitae at right tackle. You're expecting the right side of the line to be able to hold up here in a very key situation like, what are you doing there? That cannot be your best play. Number three on, was a new play, Carson It was a Wentz new said. play, Carson. So, yeah, they obviously, so I don't, I don't remember seeing play, this on film all year. And it's a new play with, as you said, two guys who have not, like, they haven't repped this play. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so our, uh, our friend, Fran Duffy, um, I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, he has video up of how this play has been executed well in the NFL before. None of them were okay. was was by the 2019 Eagles, yeah. um, but but Fran's point was that this wasn't some crazy play that was drawn up in the dirt, and he has examples of Jamal Charles running it and La- and Lashawn McCoy running it. Um, but when you watch and and, and I, I understand what 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 Fran was doing, uh, but uh, when you watch those plays in the past, 
they were just executed like so much smoother. Uh, there was such hesitation in yeah. getting the ball to Miles Sanders, and it was not. It, it, it obviously was not a clean handoff. Um, but you saw like Jamal Charles accelerate. You saw Lashawn McCoy accelerate. I don't know when Miles Sanders was supposed to start accelerating on 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 this play. So uh, yeah, so I, I just wanted to put that out there for context because Fran did show that this play has worked before. Yeah, I mean, in, the, in that situation, third and three, backups on the right side uh, of the offensive line, a new play, uh, you know, they deserve certainly to get criticized for that. And then, you know, you had K.J. Wright, we talked about after the game, calling them out for the tendencies with the tight end screens. I have to go back. I'm, I'm going to go back and look at all of them. It feels like that was something they were calling a lot on, like, second and long, you know, whether it was second and seven, second and eight, second and ten, whatever. It felt like they've gone to that tight end screen uh, quite a bit. So I don't know if he knew based on down and distance, but those are, you know, those are many areas where you can criticize the coaching. It's the wide receivers not being where they're supposed to be, terrible third and three call, and then predictability with uh, with some of those screens and some of those guys. Got blown up uh, in very in very big spots. Specifically, I think that last one that he was talking about. Nothing downfield. I mean, I know they had issues in pass protection. I can buy it in the first half. I actually thought they were better in the second half with Pryor in there and Vitae. I was going to ask how Pryor played. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't great. He had issues. He had like a holding call, but like they were able to function. Like I mentioned, they had four drives that went into the opponent's territory with him at right guard and Vitae at right tackle. Whereas with Dillard at right tackle, uh, you know, I heard what Peterson said on Monday about, oh, you know, he looked good in practice and all this. And that was a guy on Friday who was telling reporters he had no confidence and how hard it was going to be. And it showed. I mean, he he was just uh, he was just totally out of sorts. It felt like. play after play after play run pass it didn't matter and uh, it really hindered the offense so um those are some of the plays that uh, that stood out of course you had the goddard uh fumble you had the you know failed third and fourth downs uh in in seahawks territory as really your last chance to get back in the game so i mean the point is just that there were issues across the board there's a lot of blame to go around and uh, i don't know that there are a lot of answers to be had here in the near future except for that you're going to be going up against bad defenses i have one for the uh, kj Wright thing too um doug peterson was asked about that kj Wright quote and he said uh, this time of year there's a lot of film on us a lot of film on them you could probably say the same defensively too with everything that that we watch. He went on to say Wright's a smart player and studies that the Eagles uh, do a lot of self-scouting of their self to make sure that they're not getting predictable with formations or, or personnel groupings. So um, for what it's worth, that was Doug's response to that question. I wonder if he's read my story about how K.J. Wright got to be a smart player. Probably not. That and was on did, ESPN, he's certainly right? certainly not going to credit for the, you. That credit was you. on, yeah. That maybe if it was an ESPN story, it would have got credited. Mm. Uh, he he <laughs> said it was by playing Madden. May I, actually, do you think that it was? Uh, do you think that this was ESPN sour grapes? No, I don't. <laughs> Lee, it was it was from the top down. You left. They didn't want to credit you. <laughs> uh, I think the top people don't know whether I was there or not, <laughs> not when I was working there or what I was doing. So no, I don't think that's it. Uh, I do have one. I do have one. Uh, Wentz question for you. Oh, wait, last last Wednesday thing. This might be your question, but that interception was terrible at the end where he's trying to fit it into, you know, yeah. you're facing cover two and you have that little window there between the underneath defender and the deep safety. Usually you have a player, you know, uh, an offensive player in the flat or running something short that draws up that underneath defender and widens that window a little bit for you. There was no other receiver to that side of the field. Uh, and so... You know, knowing the design of the play and that Jordan Matthews is the guy running that, uh, I don't see any situation where you should be throwing that football. And you know, you could come back to the backside there, uh, and there are other options. So uh, again, there, you know, even given the circumstances, there were a lot of bad plays out of Wentz in this game. So my Wentz question is: um, I asked I asked Mike Rowe today about the you know the criticism of the offense that we all see that they they are not throwing the ball deep. And, you know, who cares about who the receivers are? Is there some upside to just throwing it deep 
even if it's unlikely to be completed because maybe you're changing, uh, you know, the spacing of the defense. And the way he answered this made me made me think that it was he was calling out Carson a little bit. If you read between the lines for not pulling the trigger on these things, he said, um, we need to take some shots down there and give guys opportunities to make plays down the field and shorten some drives. And he said the criticism is fair. The shorten some drives thing, I mean, that's what we have been complaining complaining about about this bog offense. Like you can't just have these these 14 play drives. Uh, that that can't be the only way you move the ball down the field. They have to have these chunk plays. And the way that he said that, it made me uh, think that maybe he was saying that Carson needs to sort of pull the trigger on, on those things. Were there plays that were dialed up that it looked like uh, design were designed for him to throw the ball deep and he wasn't pulling the trigger? By the way, that's not the only thing Mike Crow said about that. He also said like a long foul ball, right? Yes. And then, and then Bo answered something I like said, that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I got to the, I got to the meat of the response. <laughs> yes, but like I, I didn't understand the the long foul ball part of that at all. Well, because so. I said I said uh, the way he he was thinking that I was saying just like throw the ball deep and out of bounds. I was that's oh, not what I was saying. Oh, gotcha. Okay, but, yeah. okay, okay. I I did not that. see that. That is not something I okay. took note of on any play. It's it's quite possible I missed it, but it felt to me like the game plan for this game. You know, everything was just. Short, short, short. So, uh, get, especially once Dillard was struggling, it was like get the ball out of his hands. Don't get the quarterback crushed. Uh, RPOs, all those different types of things. Now, I mean, Grow could be talking about sort of a big picture this season type deal. And again, there haven't been guys running wide open downfield, but there are situations where you could say, all right, just chuck it up and see what happens. If you trust, uh, you know, and Alshon Jeffrey. Now he's not running a lot of deep routes, but I'm sure there are situations like that. Uh, in every game where maybe he agrees with, but I did not see that to be the case in this game. Okay. Any final thoughts? Oh, good. We're wrapping up? No, before we get to the getting oh. a burden edgewise. Oh, no, then. Okay. All right, well, let's get to uh, your questions from Twitter. Uh, Nate Todd wants to be acknowledged as the guy who tweeted at Shield as a Goddard hater from Sunday. Yeah, nice so, job out of him. Nice job out of him. Uh, Birdline from Ryan. Uh, games of 200-plus all-purpose yards by Miles Sanders and Dallas Goddard combined the rest of the season or MVPs plus Super Bowls won by Lamar Jackson this year? Wait, this year? Yes. Oh. Uh, I mean, I'll I take would... Lamar Jackson. He's. I think he's going to win MVP. Yeah, I think I will take him too. Now, of course, those are... The two players, the two picks the Eagles traded for the Lamar Jackson pick. Whether oh, or not they would have taken Lamar Jackson uh, is not necessarily the question. That's that's what they got. That's what they gave up. Well, two hundred yards is a lot. I mean, yeah, I just don't see that happening. What what's Goddard's gonna Goddard gonna max out at like sixty? Like so eight catches would, for forty yards. Then you would need hundred and forty out of Miles Sanders. You yeah. only have five games left. Uh, yeah, maybe I don't against, see that. Maybe against the Giants. And Lamar Jackson's the favorite to win the MVP. So, you know, uh, yeah, I think that's an easy one. Zach? Uh, go ahead. Yeah, Is Zach not I, participating? I, Did he leave? No, no. Is he no, watching no, college no. basketball? Okay. No, of course I'm here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess I, I, I will go with, um, with the Lamar Jackson part of that, but I'm not convinced he's going to win the MVP yet. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that, Obviously, last night's game was amazing, and the year he's having is amazing. Uh, Russell Wilson is also having an amazing year, and, and so we'll see kind of how this looks at the end of the year. Uh, certainly, those are the two who it, – it's going to be one or the other, and I think you can make a, a good argument for either one. Jackson had a better weekend than Wilson did. Uh, we'll see what happens next weekend, obviously, when – Jackson plays San Francisco. If Jackson has has that type of game against the 49ers, or, or I shouldn't even say that type of game. If if he plays against the 49ers the way he did against, say, the Patriots, uh, then he's, then the, he's MVP. the MVP. He's, he's the MVP exactly. regardless, I think. I think he's won it. Oh, there's just there's a lot of football left. It's, yeah. it's, it's I guess at point. this point I mean, in 2017, yeah. it was Carson Wentz. It was Carson yeah. Wentz, exactly. Mm. So there's, there's, there's a lot of football left. But I, uh, I mean, I've been – in all of Lamar Jackson since he was at uh, since he was at Louisville. So I mean, I you're not gonna find like a bigger Lamar Jackson supporter. A matter of fact, if you go back I to the doubt that, Browns, I, I guarantee <laughs> I, I could a bigger, find a bigger. No, one. yeah, no, no. I, I take that back. No, I, no. 
That, that was poorly worded. In this conversation, I should say, because uh, oh, in the you out, well, yeah, because I don't know about the, that. I, I don't know about that. Let's uh, let's go back to the Eagles Ravens practices. Uh, I can vividly remember conversations where, like, I was like gushing over this guy, and uh, Bo, if 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 I recall, you were watching the Ravens offense. Yeah, he was Eagles scatter defense. shot one day. And yeah, and and Bo was very critical of how he was as, as a passer. I yeah, I actually he wasn't think this, is, this well is that day. This is documented in <laughs> in our practice observations, if if I recall correctly. Yeah, but oh, so what I, never said, I, never, wow. I never said I never Burn said that he's coming not in have hot a good year right there, huh? or no, he no, doesn't no, deserve I'm, to be the MVP. No, I'm not saying that. But like, I was just uh, telling you from my yeah, eyes, he were, missed a lot of throws that day. Fair. Okay. Fair enough. I like the call out, Burm. Well, speaking of, Woodpecker, you rather start a franchise with Frank Reich as your head coach or Lamar Jackson as your quarterback? Lamar Jackson is my quarterback. I agree with that. You can find – I mean, I'm not saying Oof. coaches are like – It's tough. Uh, I don't think coaches are fungible, but like you, you – uh, finding a quarterback is the hardest thing you can do. So – I just it's think like, I would, it's like I the would, ceiling, you know. It's like the ceiling, yeah. like uh, like Lamar Jackson will be it's able to. It's just more lift. fun. That's the other. It's thing. more fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's come on. Frank Reich is fun. Well, he brings the juice. We know that. Yeah, yeah. It is more fun, and you know, you he can sort of lift everyone up. Like the way the Colts have to play now, given the circumstances, they're you know, they're kind of like the Eagles. So there's only so much a yeah. fighting Frank Reich can do. All right, we've got a couple of uh, P&Ms, Peckness Migrate. Mike Grow, Carson Walsh, Howie Roseman. And for the purposes of this question, Migrate, uh, no, you know what we'll say? Peck means you can keep them but move them to a different role. Uh, hmm. I'll go first. Uh, of, of those three, um, I would I nest Howie. I guess that Howie. makes it too easy. Yeah, yeah I, I, would, I, would, I would nest Howie, I'll Peck, Mike Grow, and uh, Migrating, Carson Walsh. Yeah, you would peck. You'd just move Mike Rowe to wide receivers coach, I guess. Yeah, that makes and then are are you moving Howie somewhere, or are you keeping him where he is? No, I mean, I think of the three, you keep him where he is. Oh, you have to keep somebody where they are. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, then I would agree with what what was just said. Okay. Uh, Peckness migrate as your head coach: Jason Garrett, Chip Kelly, Adam Gase. And for the purposes of this one, a nest is a five-year contract and a peck is a two-year contract. I would nest Jason Garrett. Yeah, I would too. Because I think J- like I think Jason Garrett under – no, I don't think he's a good coach. But if he were like in the he Eagles organization – He does less harm over the course of five yes. years. Lurie could tell him, this is how we're going to play. <laughs> Right. This is what we're going to do. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, you can address the team in meetings. You know, you can kind of hang around. You can You'll get clap. paid. Yeah, but you're not going to do much. And but would listen be like, to the, you know, listen to these analytics, you yes. know, these in-game analytics decisions. Like, Yeah, that. I might even take that out of his hands. Can, like, a, somebody else on the staff be just <laughs> – I don't think he needs to wear a headset. You would yeah, think and I also think from, he's from the Princeton most – I, I was going to say you would think someone from Princeton football would, would, would understand mm-hmm. That component of the game, correct? Man, you are just you are just <laughs> barking the up joke. the wrong tree. That was I'm a joke, Coach you. Flynn. I have the reason a lot of that the reason that Shields uh, text messages with Coach Flynn about the game today were, were forty back and forth was because half of those were just shots at <laughs> Zach. <laughs> uh, All right, who else? Adam Gase and Chip Kelly. Ooh, well, yeah, I think I one. think Garrett is the one of the is the only one of the three who is uh, probably willing to take a back seat. Yeah, and he's not gonna like uh he's not gonna cause harm if you take away all his power, you know? Right. He'll be happy to be there. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh so the other two is tough. Um It's really uh, tough. Yeah. Jeez. Zach? Um, I'm you? I'm pecking chip and migrating Adam Gaze. I think that's I would probably do that too. At least at least Chip on some level in some year had had success as a head coach. I well, they I both take, actually had the same type Gase. of first year. I mean, Adam Gase made the playoffs his first year as well. Um, but uh, and they both did it. They both entered a playoff game with the backup quarterback essentially. Well, too. I was thinking more of uh, even even Chip at the college. I know it was a long time oh, ago, yeah. but um, yeah, 
the college level. I, I still think Chip's on, on doing was was personnel. So oh my gosh, uh, but I think I would take Gase. I think I would take Gase. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Peckness migrate Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. I would Chip? say I would nest Thanksgiving. I would. Uh, well, I don't know. It's. I mean, can you pack one of one of Christmas Eve and uh, not the other? Like the other one's gone, so you only get right. one. Well, so then it would be weird. Like I was gonna pack yeah, Christmas you only get one. Eve. It's weird. But then there is there no there's no Christmas Day then if I'm migrating it. So Correct. I guess you would have have to pack Christmas Day. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, I would have the same order as as Shield. I would uh, no Diwali in there. What you don't know who your host is? Come on. Listen, I'm not. I, you guys yeah. asked the question. Okay, all right. Well, this one's this one's up your alley. <laughs> uh, my wife and I are visiting uh, be Philly to see family for Thanksgiving. Sheila Kapadia, we need recommendations for vegetarian restaurants and food around Center City. Hmm. See, I don't. I don't eat at like vegetarian restaurants. Well, that's you can still answer where you eat. I eat at a restaurant, and uh, Philadelphia's great. Every, everywhere has vegetarian options in Philadelphia. You're not going to give one recommendation? Well, I would say, since he mentioned vegetarian, I do like a hip city veg. You know, now that's, okay. you're, you're, you're not sitting down there and getting a waiter service, but uh, uh, every time I've gone there and gotten something, I've enjoyed it. Yes, you once wanted to do a story going there with Julia Locafor. I did? Yeah, you, you, you said that. Oh, why didn't I do that? That would have been great. Because he left. Uh, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> there uh, is okay. the restaurant Veg that is like very, uh, yes. you know. It, it, now, I, I went there once when it first uh, opened and uh, I was not thrilled with it. I felt like I was still hungry at the end. But uh, I've heard good things since, so maybe I would give it another shot. Okay. Uh, okay, we will close with the suggestions for real-life equivalents to ending a drive with a kick uh, in terms of, uh, you know, setting the bar low for yourself. Tell me which of these you guys like best. Uh, always find your golf ball. Um, end every date with a goodbye, which I think is a good one. Uh, as, a, as an approach at, at the plate for a baseball player, force the first base umpire into making a decision. I, like I, I think I think that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, that's from J Tang forty two. Uh, Coach Flynn chimes in, going to Seven Eleven instead of Wawa. Um, yeah, that's a good okay. one. The last season of Game of Thrones, finishing meals without getting violently ill. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, I think that's a success. I like for you this one. especially. Well, yeah, I know that's right. Uh, from Dave Mulhern, my college crew team was terrible. And when we'd get back from a bad race, our coach would always say something like, well, you all made it back alive, so that's a win right there. That seems like their mentality. You know, I was really thinking about this when they were doing interviews in the Ravens locker room uh, yesterday. And they, and they were, you know, saying, we, we, we want to score a touchdown every time we touch the ball. <laughs> I was just thinking right, exactly. of the, the dichotomy. But, that's exactly okay. right. Yeah. And, and by the way, in 2017 – when yeah. Frank Reich was talking about Doug Peterson, that's how he described Doug. That when he gets in the red zone, he's like thinking touchdown right away. Yeah, the, I, I think that was the exact sentiment Reich shared. So you think the Eagles uh, should just punt on first down on Sunday? No, I that, I, that qualifies. I, I don't. Right, it's a kick. I mean, in that's a win. In its in its basic sense, I understand. Like it's the old adage that if you win the turnover margin, you have a good chance of of winning the game. But uh, I think that you can have loftier. I think you have loftier aspirations on offense than just don't turn the ball over. I mean, who came up with this? This is the worst message I've ever heard. <laughs> and end every possession with a kick. Yeah, like where have you gone? Uh, 2017. Imagine if if the if the Eagles in 2017 were playing a team who said that. Oh my gosh, we would just be. Yeah, we would you know, exactly. Yeah, they would have been making fun of them. We would be crushing them. I mean, you, the circumstances are not great. You're not playing great offensively, but give me a break. I mean, that should, even if you're thinking that, to make that, like, that's the message everyone's repeating right now. Like, did, did they have t shirts in their lockers saying that today? 
end every drive with a kick. <laughs> I mean, and the defense is, is playing well. Is. You don't have the, uh, you know, you don't have it the is. 85 Bears. You're not gonna, you're not gonna win those games. It is a hundred percent Gettlemanian. Like it's something that you would absolutely imagine coming out of Dave Gettleman's mouth. Well, maybe that's it. Yeah. Okay, I think that's about all we got. Zach, do you want to run us through your uh, your top threes here? <laughs> uh, well, well, we can have an open discussion, but no, I I would like to amend my meals. I will stick to the Takanelli surprise party on my thirtieth birthday is my number one because of the quality of the pizza and also. Shield, feel the, free to jump in here with any of your own opinions. <laughs> the uh, the oh, sorry, I'm supposed uh, to still be uh, yeah. oh, okay. Uh, of of the night, I'll go with uh, my number two. Um, so there's <laughs> a place in, in, in Atlantic City called Cafe Twenty Eight Twenty Five, and they have this uh, this veal parm dish. It's it's like uh, veal parm uh, bolognese or, or chicken parm bolognese, a la vodka fra diavolo. So it's got the vodka sauce <laughs> and the fra diavolo. I um, love a vodka sauce, by the yeah. way. I will say that. Yeah, yeah it, it is. Um, it is. It's incredible. The chicken parm. Bonnets, I love vodka fra diavolo, uh, and uh, and and they also have like a, a table size Caesar salad too. That that's that's really good. And then um, wait, table table size, yeah. t- uh, no, no, the table <laughs> size, like they make oh, the Caesar. Oh, okay, right. yeah, they make like I was Caesar like, oh, dressing. Huh? I'm on me a giant yeah. Caesar salad right now. I'm getting hungry. Life um, life size Caesar salad. I like that. Sorry, I, I should enunciate better. Right, um, and then uh, and then I'll I'll go with. Uh, uh, in San Francisco, there's this place called the Swan Oyster Depot where it's like there's this long line. You're waiting to sit on a counter and just get like really fresh seafood, um, oysters and things of that nature. And uh, it's it's just like a, it's just a bar um, and, and you have to get there, you know, hours ahead of time. And uh, I did it for the first time. Eagles Raiders in 2013. I got there the day before and waited a long time uh and it was it was it was worth it it was i i was really hungry by the time i got to that bar but it was it was like it was it was awesome so i'm so out on any place like that if i have to wait in a long line i've never i've never experienced that and then thought it was worth it really yeah i can't recall a time listen Uh, i'm gonna walk in have my seat get to eating (laughs) that's all okay and then, um, not then the others, uh, top movies. I should, I should add the social network. Uh, I like the social network. I like, and I like Molly's game. I'm a fan of Aaron Sorkin. Those were two, Apparently. Uh, those were two good movies. Um, then there were other good ones, but I felt like the social network should, should, should get its due. Social network um, and Molly's game are your two favorite movies of the 2010s. The Miles, well, there weren't Miles that many one great, is driving me crazy. There weren't that, there many that? great movies in 2010s. Um, like I, I watched Molly's Game on a plane ride and, you yeah. know, I, I was it's, fine. It's a plane I, movie. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't come away thinking, oh, baby. But, you guys got to read more on airplanes. To each his own. To each his own. Yeah. I mean, I, I have no idea what my answers would be to any of these. So then uh, uh, Bo really actually great. saw me uh, – both saw me leaving NovaCare yesterday and going through my Kindle library yes. um, to try to figure out what my top three was this 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 decade. And it was hard to pare down um, because, uh, you know, out of – there's been a lot of good ones. I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the Freakonomics books earlier this decade. I enjoyed The Innovators by Walter Isaacson. I enjoyed The QB by Bruce Feldman. Um, Company man. Uh, so, well, yeah. So there have been yes, yeah. So uh, there have been a lot. Uh, I really liked um, the uh, the James Andrew Miller books on uh, on ESPN. These guys have all the fun. And then uh, there was the CAA one, Powerhouse, that I enjoyed. So did you read the SNL one? I've read excerpts of it. I have okay. not read the entirety of it. Um, and then uh, so so there uh, and, and and then there have been there was. I mean, there have been a, a, a number of of books that have caught my attention. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
You really when got Brett in his head with this, Bo. Yeah, I'm going to have to listen to this podcast. Yeah, I really when, did. When, uh, when Breath Becomes Air, that was a really good book. So there, that, Yeah, so there have been really good books this decade. Did you go back and to then, the tape on your favorite article of clothing? No, I, I, I didn't know how to answer that question. Like, I, it's, it's pretty. Uh, there's, there's no article of clothing where I, I have like a great affinity for. Oh, um, I've got a great one for this. Okay, what's that? Actually, wait, no, it's not quite the 2010s. Oh man. Well, if it extended into the 2010s, it could still be your favorite. It, well, it did. So I was, uh, I was living in Harrisburg, my first uh, real job out of college. Uh, had, had a little Burlington Coat Factory near near my apartment. Mm. Stopped in one day. This great Nike track jacket, uh, you know, had to be under uh, under thirty dollars. I wasn't spending more than that at the time. And you know what? I'm looking at that bad boy across my basement right now, still in the rotation Love from uh, 2005. I mean, could you get any better value than that? That's pretty good. Uh, thank you. Someone who listens to the podcast asked me what the best change of your life in the, in the 2010s was. Mm. Okay, it's going to be tough for you. There's two. There's there's well, there's three obvious answers. Well, so so I I don't know if it was a setup. I I, I think he wanted me to phrase it to you guys. Oh well, uh, yeah. When you said three obvious, uh, I was like, what, what what was the third? But then. Yeah, I mean, my mind went straight to the kids, but uh, yeah, there was also marriage. Well, for Zach, I figured it was marriage, kids, joining the athletic. Oh, I thought it was going to be like that. I thought it was going to be like marriage, kids, man, that Bengals game in 2016. Exactly. There was this one time uh, Sam Bradford gave this really enlightening answer uh, in the preseason of 2017, and that was a real game changer. No, but you know, you mentioned the Bengals game. I, I, uh, <laughs> God, no. <laughs> one way that that yeah that, uh, that I I've I changed a bit. Now this isn't like my family's the most important change. My 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 wife, my kids, but uh, I as 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 you said that what I remember about that game was so Carson Wentz did not play well. That was that was one of the worst games Carson's played, even though his like yardage was really high. And he he they cut him off really quickly in the post game press conference that game, um, and uh, and I, I remember being really peeved about it. But then, like as I think about it intellectually, like like what more was he going to say? It's, it, it it was similar answers to what he was saying the other day. Like he needs to play better. He knows it. Like I I th- I, I think when you own it at that point, uh, unless you're asking about specific plays, it just kind of becomes you know, repeating that, that same line over and over again. So I, 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 I guess having a more nuanced view of, of kind of what you're looking for in those post-game press conferences. Wow. That was, Shua. that was just a trip to that, <laughs> like that conversation. We went all over the place. All right. Shua, what was your, what was your uh, best athletic achievement of the decade? My best athletic achievement of the 2010s. Let's see. Uh, probably beating you in pool Super Bowl week. <laughs> yeah, oh, that I, hurts. I think, that, I think that's got to be it. That hurts. I mean, listen, there weren't a ton to choose from, but yeah. uh, <laughs> what was yours, Bo? Beating me in tennis. No, that was a low lift. No. Oh, uh, yeah. I had a, you know what, you know what comes to mind. I had a really nice uh, defensive play in a softball game that I liked a lot. Uh, there was a man on second oh, base God. with two outs. And I was playing shortstop, of course, and the ball was hit a little bit softly. And so I charged in on the ball, uh, fielded it with one hand, could feel the runner from second base behind me. And without looking, <clears throat> without looking, I just put the field of the ball in one motion, reached it behind me, tagged the guy, and then just flipped the ball uh, to the mound and ran off the field. It was really one of the coolest things anyone's ever seen. Good answers. All right. I had a three on three game. I had a three-on-three game, and I hit the game winner. I forgot. Uh, we, I should have asked you. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I had a three-on-three game. That's the only reason he no asked. No <laughs> <laughs> and I, I never, ever hit the game winner, man. Like, uh, And it was one of those things where the guy was playing off me um, because like, the best defensive strategy was to try to get me to shoot. And, and uh, it was – 
it was one of those we were uh, it was it was tie game win by two, and we've been in like the win by two phase for a while, and uh, I shot it and the other guys on my team were like, no what is he doing and went in <laughs> and so so that that sticks did you, out. Did you talk team. some noise after it went in? No, I was as surprised as everyone else. Yeah. Yes. Do you want to call out anybody who was in the part of that game? My brothers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They were the ones who were surprised. Fair enough. All right. I'm uh I'm I'm surprised that Shield has indulged us for this long. So we will Yeah, I have to apologize for everyone listening to this on like a Thanksgiving trip and uh th- this is what we delivered, but you know, at least and it's And we long. should apologize to our to our producer for uh he he must have thought this was going to end about 20 minutes ago. Yeah, because you said you were ending. Well, I mean, I think uh, season All right, let's go. Come on. Okay. Uh, we will be back in uh, in some form or fashion on Friday to give a, uh, a preview of the Dolphins game. But until then, happy Thanksgiving. And for Sheila and Bo, for Sheila and Zach, rather, I'm Bo. And as always, we love you.